Hello, everybody joining us. Welcome back to the WMA podcast. My name is Jake Kane, and today we have a very special interview with Vincent Gavigan, who is on the University Relations Talent Project lead team at Vanguard. We talked about interviews, resumes, and advice for everyone. Hope you guys enjoy. Vince, thanks for joining us today, man. We uh, we all appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Jake. Excited to be a part of it. So this interview is actually a little bit differently than, you know, kind of what we do with the Wealth Management Podcast. So it's very unique in the fact that you're with the, um, you know, the talent team. You are the manager of university relations with Vanguard. And so you get to give a little bit perspective on, um, you know, what you look for in potential employees. So this is, you know, aside from the fact that we bring in, you know, advisors and talk about their experience. So it's very unique that, that we get to have someone on like you. So I'm very excited. Um, so first, could you kind of just speak about your experience with Vanguard and what the manager of university relations involves? And, you know, also touching on, you know, who Vanguard is. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll start with who Vanguard is, and then I'll jump a little bit into what my role and function look like. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, um, we are one of the world's largest investment companies. Uh, you know, We offer a large selection of low-cost mutual funds to ETFs, to advice, and other related services. We were established back in 1975, and today we've built that up to have over $7 trillion in global assets under management. Um, with that, we have over 30 million investors across 170 different countries worldwide. Uh, internally, we have crew upwards of almost 18,000, both within the U.S. and abroad. And uh, I think the, the thing that sticks out to most people, or if you're familiar with Vanguard, is really our core purpose, which is to take a stand for all investors, to treat them fairly, and give them the best chance for investment success. Um, and that that core purpose, that mission is what really drew me to Vanguard. And I, I joined Vanguard during the pandemic, believe it or not, uh, in April 2020. So I'm a pretty relatively fresh face uh, in the grand scheme of things. And I joined as a senior university relations lead, where I was aligned to our uh, MBA leadership development program and our investment management development program and our financial advice development program, which is how I really got connected to uh, Michigan State and yourself, Jake, and the team. Uh, the last month, I actually stepped into a new role being the manager of university relations. And just to take a quick step back, I think just to define what we do from a university relations aspect, we are really serving our enterprise at large. Uh, we offer consultation, expertise, execution of early talent enablement and engagement, if you will. So figuring out different sourcing strategies and ways to engage with students to help drive um, entry-level hiring needs. And my role specifically is leading that team. So helping influence the strategy. Um, as a people leader, I really do take great pride in understanding my team's individual goals and helping them achieve them. So um, those are my two big focuses. Absolutely. That's great. Um, so next, could you kind of touch on how students that are, 
you know, want a position in Vanguard? How could they work ahead and stay ahead? I mean, right now, you know, students at Michigan State or any college, you know, wanting to go into finance, what kind of things should students be doing right now to build their resumes? Yeah, that's a great question. It's one that we really like to bring to surface um, when we're chatting with candidates or, or prospective candidates coming in. I like the way you phrase it, Jake, you know, working ahead and staying ahead. I think that's important because the landscape is just becoming more and more competitive. Um, on the plus side, I would say there's really not any rocket science or, or groundbreaking um, findings that would give somebody an edge. It is about putting in the extra work to stay ahead. Um, I guess if I had to sum it up in, in three areas, I would say first, you know, you think about a candidate being well-rounded, right? Um, so obviously it's always important to show success from school, but there's more to it, especially in the interview process. We want to see what you're bringing to the table um, as a part of the big picture. So well-rounded, obviously we're always looking for time spent activities with different clubs, organizations, and that could be school related, not school related. Um, but ultimately beyond that, you know, we want to look at with your particular involvement, are you in a leadership position? Are there examples in which you can highlight teamwork and collaboration? Um, so those are all really big aspects. The, the second piece I would say is, is more directly to work-related experience, which I know everybody really hones in on getting an internship, which is critical. Um, but I wanna highlight too, I, I see a shift in the recruiting landscape, especially coming off of the pandemic and understanding you know, a lot of people had to look differently about internship offerings and people had to get creative with what to do with the new time that they have. So I think volunteer-based work or uh, unpaid, you know, activity is definitely worthwhile to consider um, because you can still provide some of that same, some of those same qualities that you would out of a regular internship. Um, and I think what's most significant is in either scenario, you're put in a position to make it count. And that's that's a pretty significant mantra here at Vanguard, make it count. Um, and you can still be bold as an individual and as a contributor and make a difference with regards to whichever situation you're in. And the last thing I would kind of think of is how to work ahead and stay ahead, Jake, is con continuing to hone in on your skills. And I think it's important to highlight that there is emphasis both on hard skills versus soft skills, honestly. Um, if you think about hard skills, right, you've got teachable, measurable abilities. So to simplify that, reading, writing, uh, computer programs, or, or even like certifications, those are hard skills, all things that are valuable and things that you can do that are in your control as a candidate, right? You could get that out of schooling. You could get that out of your own network. You could get it online. So those are all extremely important. And then with the soft skills, these are all traits that truly make you, again, that well-rounded employees. So you think about communication, um, listening skills, building relationships, maintaining relationships, problem solving. So those are all things too that I think as far as working ahead and the ability to stay ahead, making sure that you're fine tuning and developing those new skills is critical. And what's really, really significant about soft skills is that even that is something that you can be in full control of. If you go on LinkedIn or even just a general internet search, you can find things that are easily accessible just to help continue to fine tune those. And those are worthy of highlighting, um, whether it's on a resume or, or speaking to him during an interview. 
Absolutely. I thought those were excellent points. Just going back to, you know, one year first was, you know, just being the well-rounded student and obviously that it's more than school. And I think that students struggle with understanding that. And, you know, for me personally, just finding a community that you can get involved with in college makes it so much smaller and more beneficial. So um, I definitely think that employers uh, should really look at that and they do for sure. Um, so kind of going off of that from the resume parts, what do, what do you and the talent team or recruiters look for in interviews? How, how is that different than the resumes? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I could probably talk about this for a while, Jake, but the, the biggest thing that I've learned even coming in the Vanguard, and I'd say this uh, with full transparency is I've, understood the value in the star method and i don't think i ever really picked up on that or the intentionality behind it before interviewing with vanguard but i can tell you that this is definitely uh, a style in which i think most of our recruitment team and us on the university relations team look to really educate and focus and provide guidance on um, to help really have a productive interview um, and what star is it's an acronym um, starts for situation, task, action, and result. And the goal of that is to uh, think about it as a technique where we want to gather all relevant information that's possible um, about a certain scenario. So we might provide you as the interviewer with a challenging situation or um, any sort of scenario and the goal would be we want to guide you through the situation, the task, the action, and the result. But it is helpful to see not only your answer, but the way in which you think about responding to the answer. So it's a really behavioral interviewing technique. And like I said, for me, if I could leave one piece of advice off of this episode, it would be fine-tuning that skill and putting yourself in that situation, interviewing with peers or faculty members, and having people put you through that STAR method of the interview, because I really think that will go a long way to help the process in which you want to think about answering a question. Um, and I'm sure that it's a strategy and a technique that other employers use as well, even outside of Vanguard. So that, that would be the big thing that we look for. Very cool. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, going back, you've brought up soft skills multiple times, you know, people can look great on paper, but, you know, if they can't talk to someone, then that's a that's a much different story. So um, that star method definitely is very beneficial to uh, to learn how to do and to execute in an, in an interview for sure. So um, uh, I know we kind of, you know, discussed in the first question, um, you know, resumes and stuff like that. But, you know, as a recruiter, what are some things that you specifically look for in potential candidates? I mean, whether that's, you know, clubs that they're involved in, you know, their GPA, their volunteer work, like you mentioned, what makes them stand out the most? And also, what would you consider, um, you know, that candidates need on their resume? What are some things that you look for in, in that aspect? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, Again, I'll try to sum this up in just a few key points. I don't want to make it seem like it's the end-all be-all, but hopefully this is, this is good advice and valuable takeaways for the listeners. As students, I don't think it's any secret, and I mentioned it already, the landscape does not slow down as far as the, the competitive nature that, that is coming into um, 
employer's pipeline. So the resume, with it being potentially the first impression that's being made, is crucial to execute and try and make yourself stand out as best as you can. And the big tangible, the one tangible way in which I think that you can do this is by highlighting the impact that you've made in any experience that you're listing on your resume. So you can think about this in a couple of ways, right? The, the first thing is when you're looking at a resume or creating a resume, you shouldn't have every single experience, every single notation, every single club or organization listed on your resume. You wanna keep it concise. And that's important because you want it to relate to the job that you're applying to and to the culture that you're applying to. I, I recommend having more than one resume, honestly. Like each application, you should really consider what's on your resume and what is gonna correlate and tie to that prospective employer best as possible. And sometimes it really isn't. It's not just one shoe fits all. I, I think that it's important to really have multiple resumes um, prepared. And I think when you think about impact, you want to include examples of um, thinking of like action verbs or uh, power verbs, we refer to them, where it's important to show your duties, which I feel like naturally is the instinct of what you'd want to provide, whether it's work experience, volunteer experience, or a group you're a part of. But I would push it even further to say, think about the difference that you've made with those interactions. Or furthermore, think about the success or accomplishments that you were able to achieve. That is key. So for any experience that you're gonna list, I would say that first bullet or however you would wanna organize it should highlight the impact. And that could be, like I said, uh, a difference that you made, something that you changed, uh, a big success story, one of the more prominent accomplishments that you made throughout that time, so that it's not just a list of duties and, and roles that you had during that experience or during the volunteer experience that you had. Um, and just to jump back to a little bit, I would say, you know, thinking about the idea of the impact of your resume as it relates to the role or industry that you're applying to, that requires to do some, some pretty decent research, right? So spend time on a company's individual website, on their LinkedIn, and get an idea and a feel for in the job description and really align what you're listing on your resume to answer the questions of the expectations that they're looking for, maybe the cultural fit that they're looking for. Um, so that would be significant, I think. So the idea of impact is huge. And I, and I think those are a few tangible ways in which you can do that just to make that first impression resume stand out. Um, as far as specific things that, you know, you are must-haves or things that should be highlighted on the resume, um, you would definitely want to look at and consider your GPA. And I know that this can be a little bit daunting if it's not at a certain mark. Maybe it's not even an expectation, but maybe personally, you don't feel comfortable leaving a GPA because it's not hitting your personal goals. Um, GPA is key because if it's not on your resume, that can at times be an automatic deterrent for a recruiter um, because it might be leaving a question mark for them as far as why wouldn't it be listed. So having your GPA in a, in a good location on the resume um, would be really important. I think too, 
now more than ever, and thinking about the question that you asked before of working ahead and giving yourself a competitive advantage, um, I've seen more and more gravitation towards listing like core competencies or different certifications that, that you have. And that I think is a, is, a, is a unique aspect and one that can be, again, concise. So, you know, it's one or two words listing out some of the core competencies that you can bring to the table. Um, and that should highlight those soft and hard skills, those examples that I've mentioned before. Um, again, just to reiterate, accomplishments, awards, recognitions, those are all things that really help pop for somebody in a resume. Um, and then of course, you know, just thinking about any related experiences. So if you've had an internship that directly aligns to the full-time role you're applying to, great. Or even taking a step earlier, if you had a volunteer experience or uh, a class or a project that would help align to the internship that you're applying to. Um, those are all things that you would want to list because as a recruiter, we can start to connect those dots and see that you've had the prior experience, you've had the interest, whatever the case might be, to be successful in the role that you're applying to. Yeah, that's great, Vince. Those were excellent points. And, you know, going back to highlighting the impact that you have on your resume, I think that is such an important part. And, you know, something that you could easily highlight on your resume, you know, with the things that you've been involved in. And, you know, that's something that I really take pride in is the impact and the legacy that I want to leave. You know, obviously I'm only 20, but till the day that I die, I want to leave that legacy and, and have impact on people. And um, if I was a recruiter like yourself, that'd be one of the top things that I look for. So I think those were excellent points. Um, so I'm going to kind of surprise you on this one um, question that we have not talked about, but you know, let's say if you have, you know, two candidates that you really love, how would you differentiate the two? I mean, is that, would you look at the resume? Would you look at the interview? How would you, who, how would you decide who wins the race in the, in the job process? Yeah, no, that's a good question, Jake. Um, I think it would be dependent on, you know, at what point in the recruiting process we are looking at, but, uh, Let's just make it a, a level playing field. Let's say that we have two candidates that have made it through to the interview process and there's one spot left. So how do you make that decision? The resume, of course, plays into that. That's how they've gotten to this point in the interview process. Um, so it really comes down to the interview. Um, and I would say, you know, it, it breaks it down to, to two different areas. Um, we talked a little bit about the, the STAR method. Um, which I think is important, especially from a behavioral analysis. It, it helps recruiters and, and managers see how the individual thinks. Um, but I think more importantly that the things that come off in an interview are uh, some of the areas where, whether it be technical experience. Um, I think the other big thing too, from an interview side that gets talked about a lot is just confidence. And that can come in two different ways. It can come in um, being able to answer questions, but also not being afraid to say that you don't know the answer. And if you don't know the answer, you know, what's your, what is your response to that as a candidate? Like, is it something that you've heard about? Is it something that you're going to be looking into? Um, so those sort of things, when you start to evaluate, okay, the interview performance, those are some additional aspects. And then, of course, there are, again, some of the tangible things, too, that I think weigh into just the ultimate picture. 
um, responsiveness post interview to help gauge interest. So if one candidate reaches out with a thank you, which I would highly recommend still being a part of any student's interview process and the other doesn't, um, again, it's not a make or break, but it plays into the, the holistic decision making that goes behind it. So it's not necessarily one thing, Jake, you know, if you have two top candidates there, there's definitely, it's a hard decision to make and it, it's a hard decision to be in for recruiters. Uh, but with that being said, I think that you still have to evaluate everything. So you'd go back to the resume, reevaluate the experiences. You go back to the interview and think beyond just the behavioral questions and responses. You think about the technical skills. You think about um, the candidate's interest in the company, the questions that were asked during the interview. Um, and then ultimately, you'd probably look at the follow-up. It's like, okay, is the candidate still engaging? Are they still expressing interest to help drive that decision forward? So it's not one specific thing. I think that's what would be key. And hopefully that's encouraging for listeners too. Um, you know, making it through to the end process, knowing that there are uh, multiple facets of, of the interview and the ultimate decision-making process from the recruiting lens. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I definitely think confidence is key going into the interview. I know, you know, for me personally, it's, uh, it's not an easy task. I mean, you are very nervous um, and you kind of just have to settle down and, you know, it was kind of interesting when you brought up that, you know, you could easily say, you know, I don't know how to answer this question or just pausing when you're speaking. And, you know, I think that goes hand in hand with confidence. So I think that's a great point that you brought up. Um, so kind of honing in on, you know, specifically practice, um, you know, how can students that want to go in finance or wealth management or any job, honestly, put themselves in the best position during their undergrad um, you know, getting ready for that full-time employment. I know you mentioned some certifications or, um, you know, interview practice. I mean, what, what would you recommend to them? I think if I had to put it in one word, Jake, I would say it really comes down to your network. Um, I've seen it personally in, in, in my own career. And I think that it's a, it's a key component, not to continue harping on the, the, the competitive aspect, but that is a way in which you can start to build a leg up on other candidates is, is working on your personal and professional network. So um, different ways in which somebody could do that, right? If you look at early talent identification programs. So here at Vanguard, we host this uh, engagement called Explore Days or um, our North Star program, which is specifically for freshmen, sophomore level students. Um, and it gives them an opportunity to start building a network within Vanguard and get exposure to different opportunities to get early advice. Um, and those are things that I would suggest, you know, at any level you really look for. And then obviously utilizing um, some of the popular virtual platforms now, right? So the importance of having uh, a LinkedIn profile that's up to date, that's active, and you're a part of different communities on there would be key. And I think even more close to home for any individual, it would be about looking at and considering different alumni groups that might exist within your own university. Um, because I know as an alumni, right, as in a graduate, that's something that a lot of people take pride in is giving back to their alma mater. Um, so that can be uh, a great access and great resource for you that's, that's right at your fingertips um, to really put yourself in the best position to receive full-time employment. Um, 
So yeah, I, I really think it comes down to network. Yeah, absolutely. This was one of my favorite questions just because I knew you were going to say network. Um, but it's honestly something that personally I've learned over the past year, year and a half, especially during COVID. I mean, just growing your network and utilizing LinkedIn, as you said, you have such a significant advantage, you know, if you know someone in the company. I mean, if you go in blind and, you know, you're, you're, you made it through the interview process and whatnot, but, you know, if there's another candidate that, that has a leg up on you already with, with other connections that you haven't made, that, uh, that definitely puts them at an advantage. So, um, you know, and just like in college, you know, utilizing those small communities or getting involved, that grows your network. And, um, and I think that's an excellent point. So very important that, that people um, should know about. Um, so Vince, I'm, uh, unfortunately, our time's wrapping up here pretty shortly. So um, is there any last words that you'd like to leave, um, you know, to the undergrads or upcoming graduates going into their careers and going through their college experience? Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for posing this question, Jake. This is really meaningful for me just to weigh in on this. And again, I hope that there's at least one nugget that any of the of the listeners here would be able to take away. Um, but just as some general pieces of advice, I'm pretty young into my professional career. So I've been in the workforce now um, just for about a little over six years. And I would say, looking back on it, one of the biggest piece of advice that, that my dad gave me coming out of school was don't blink. And it's something that, that you kind of take for granted because you're looking ahead and you think I've got this full career ahead of me, all this life to live. Um, but time really does start to go faster, especially as you pick up more responsibilities, you get more involved um, with any aspect of life. So um, I found, again, still young, looking back and just being amazed with how fast and how long ago it's been since I first graduated and, and started my career. Um, so just because of that, you know, it's important to cherish every moment. Don't take anything for granted um, and capitalize on the opportunities that you have. And I think ultimately the way that you can do that is to be bold and don't be afraid to take risks. Uh, and that might sound cliche, but it is truly okay to make mistakes in life. We all do them. And I think that the ability to take risks and learn from those mistakes, those are the things, those are the moments that are truly important. And you can't do that without being bold. Um, so don't hold back. And uh, again, just cherish, cherish all the moments because it, it starts to fly by once, once you hit the, uh, the real world, the workforce. So those would be the piece of advice. I appreciate it, Vince. And so does everyone else. Those are great pieces of advice. And you know, it's, it's very scary. Time is very scary. And, uh, I made the mistake of blinking and, you know, I'm poof, I'm a senior this year and it's, it is very, very, very scary, but you know, adult life is, uh, it's a different beast and, uh, we're all going to get there someday. So we will, uh, we will keep those in mind. And, uh, again, Vince, it's been a pleasure and, and we appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jake. If you liked what you just heard, please like, comment, and share. MSUWMA, or Michigan State University Wealth Management Association, is a student organization part of the Eli Broad College of Business located in East Lansing, Michigan. Our mission is to inspire and educate the next generation of financial planners. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please check out our channel on all platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And check out our social media at MSUWMA and MSUWMA.com.